0: welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by fishhawk electronics if you're looking for news tips and stories about fishing the great lakes you've come to the right place and now your host chris larson
1: hello and welcome to the great lakes fishing podcast captain pete alex from vision quest sport fishing joins the show to discuss coho fishing on lake ontario Captain Casey Prisco from Dirty Goose Sport Fishing is co-hosting. He adds a bunch of his advice as well. The pair of captains discuss their favorite rigs for co-hosts, the annual coho migration on Lake Ontario, and much more. Let's get to the interview.
2: I have my real job, you, I go you, back to. Yo, stop, stop. You know what? I've been hearing about this real job for a long time, Chris. Yeah. I don't see it. What do you think he does? <laughs> do they say he's got a roofing business. Yeah. I've never seen him wear an Alex Roofing shirt. You look up Alex Roofing on the internet, doesn't exist. I think it's all uh, a scam. I'll be honest with you, I think it's like, hiding Would I think you like hiding to bet taxes. $100 in
0: front no. of the public on that? No, I, you know what, Pete? Alex Roofing site does not exist. We've bet with you before. Take I take it, Cold leave scale, it. we it. bet with you before. Trevor you can make look good it up on online bet, so I'm before, before, this, with you. before this is over. No. We can have the
2: $100 Listen, I was giving you a shameless plug. Is West?
0: West. Come westerly to me. Let's talk coho fishing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. You know I like, like. I like. I love. Co- I coho fishing is one of the funnest things. Uh, I think kings kings are overrated. Some days, you know, I really do. A lot of guys like the king 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 kings. They're bigger. They're Don't get me wrong. They're bigger,
2: but they are, cohos but are so much fun. fun. They beat you up. They're I, a nice change. Up. Yeah, if you yeah. want to kill twelve cohos, you better hook thirty six. Oh. Welcome to Alex See Roofing that, Company. That's uh, It doesn't say Pete Alex. There could be any Alex out there with a roofing company. Hey, would you
0: like my business card <laughs> next? The review, the but that, <laughs> that'll be another $100. Oh, so there's there's us not good
2: reviews. Of course not. Guy looks homeless, running the place, you know, his hair. I mean, if you're going to run a professional business like that, you should look like a professional, Pete. He was trib fishing. That's the trib look. Oh, I know. the dude <laughs> It doing, was a center pin look. That was the dude look. Dude, it was a center pin. Yeah. Center pin time. Yeah. Were you center pinning? Do you have a center pin? Can't tell you. You're not a center pinner. You have, I have a, a center pin. Yeah, rig. it's probably your kids. You took away from I them. have a center pin rig. Really? I do. Do you use it? No. Yeah, I know. It's too sophisticated for you. It's way advanced. The, the casting was overly complicated. No, it's not, Pete. It's really not. For, for me. Just Pete, for me. Oh well. I can understand. Let's man. talk about cohos again. Yeah, back to cohos. <laughs> back to cohos.
1: <laughs> what do you like about fishing cohos, Pete? Me? Yeah. Uh a an
0: unpredictable fish. Okay, you can catch them high and catch them low. They they bite really close to the boat. Um, you can catch them on a, a variety of tactics, but not like everything. Like it's really more specific-driven, and like things that they really like. But they're just fun to catch. They they're unpredictable. You can catch them twelve feet behind the boat on short divers, or on the surface, and then you can catch them hundred down. They're just exciting. They they come in. They come in quick. You yeah. can get two or three at a time. Boom, boom, boom. Then
2: you know this is fun. When they set up together in a school and you go through, it's mayhem you can't keep all the rods in the water there's just things going everywhere and people are losing them He's like all right try this one just try this one there's just rods going everywhere they're just fun they're, yeah you know
0: kings are great Don't don't get me wrong but coals are, are the fun side and they're delicious and it's, and it's diverse they're good eating they're very good eating and like last year um and i think this year's gonna be the same we have a, a mild more of a mild winter and i think they're gonna be the emerald they're really riders. nice oh, yeah. size they're really nice yeah. size last year they, they weren't 17 or 18 inch little fish they were these nice chunky chunky 21 to 25 inch mm-hmm. seven yeah. pounds quality pounds, fish right? that bit hard fight hard twirl around throw your gear
2: it's fun you know
1: and yeah it's one of those things too and, and to get to bring those home and throw them on the grill in the summer it's good eats
2: yeah how do you like to cook your fish pete
0: well one more thing they had about to go sure. another thing like us west end guys we have this little window you, you kind of get the bo- best of both worlds. I do. I only have like half the window. They're like a westerly fish in the spring, kind of like the Lake Erie walleyes. They kind of started out in the west end where it's a m- little more fertile, blah, blah, blah. So we get this crack of crack period time to catch these coves. And then they, by mid-June-ish, they start to migrate. So already migrate towards Casey Land at the east end. They go out in the middle of the lake. And they're a little harder to find. No Once you really from commit to it, they just kind of table to get these
2: fish, and then they're, they're most of them are gone by uh, mid-June-ish. So, and we don't see them on our end. It'll probably be the middle of August. You'll hear, oh, somebody got a coho, and then somebody got a coho, and next thing you know, the trains arrive. The coho trains arrived to Mexico Bay, and it's a blast.
0: I'm kind of envious. I see some of the cohos you catch. Just, you know, they're really a pretty fish. They get that broad. Like yeah, the bronze, bronze they get the hook kite they get the kite going Gonzo on nose they're really a really good looking fish they fight like heck you know so i'm not like you know he's showing these coals i'm like we're like not we're catching kings and some steelhead but like yeah.
2: occasional co so i'm a little envious like i just want to take a ride up there. i've invited get, him down a several of times chris but he just doesn't come down i you know he's probably busy running that imaginary roofing company that's true
1: <laughs> so when they get to you they're getting towards the end. Yeah. So, what time of year is that when they, when they get
2: mid August, to... September? And yeah. when we see them, it's funny, like I get to catch them on West End of Lake, and they're, like he said, 20 to 25 inches. Probably, I'm going to guess them four to seven pounds, the average out here. By the time yeah. they get down to us, they've gained five, six pounds. Some of them are even bigger. Um, two years ago, I had one 19 pounds. We caught uh, a side note our, our biggest one we ever caught. We caught a couple 17
0: changes in the spring, which are really big spring cohos but last uh oh yeah you first a big week one. of summer we took a, a beautiful 21 pound co that's like, huge it's just uh, not a mark on the fish it's going on the wall a beautiful 21 pound yeah. legit fish it ate a stud up. rig
1: so what uh, do yeah. they do that's my question what do they do from the time they leave wilson Eat. to the time they get to you where are they eating offshore blue water um
2: the one time we fished a Canadian tournament and the inside water had gone bad and we ran offshore. We ended up fishing about 22 miles, kind of on the Canadian side, like off Oak Orchard. And we had four or five cohos out there in the middle of the lake. And that would have been Ju- maybe mid-June. Mid-June, yeah. um, third week of June. But they're on their way. They just, I think they go to the middle of the lake. They find you know bait out there and they gorge. I mean, they have no problem eating. Right. We're not finding them mixed with the, the kings or the
0: king spots, like inside a 200, 120. Like, it's rare to ever catch a, a summer
2: coho inside of 200 feet, it seems. Yep. Like, they just, they're out there in la-la land. And, and we don't see them out in our end. You know, we've a few spring cohos you'll see that we have down there, but not like you have down here. And then those big ones just, sh- like I said, mid-August show up, and you know when they show up. You can tell. Your fly start coming and all twisted <laughs> yeah, up. they they do this. <laughs> they spin they, a lot. I mean, they flies. will wad
1: your fly up
2: and just swim away.
1: It's is fun. there any way to find those fish when they're out there? I mean, is it just basically they're just out in the middle of nowhere and it's just got to luck in? them? How, how do you track down fish that are out there in that, that, that temperature range? You know what we're gonna do? Mean you know,
2: Me Pete are gonna put balloons on them this spring, <laughs> probably you know little balloons, and we'll let them come back and let them swim. Maybe fifty feet of line. They're in the top fifty most times. Yes. So we'll give 75 feet and then just look for red balloons. If you find the red balloons, cohos are there. But honestly, yeah. I don't know if you can find them. I mean, it's a big lake, let's be honest. Right. You could spend a lot of time out there, and I honestly don't know. I mean, they're they're out there on that border. I mean, yeah. we've we've caught them going over there for uh the tight lines tournaments
0: where like we'll run across the pre-fish, then we'll get across to the Canadian line, and then we'll deploy a program just to eliminate water and see what's there. And we've gotten some really nice coves out in out in you know middle is, of the lake, yeah. literally. But they're not enough weight to you know do well sure. in that tournament. But you know we we catch them out there in, in La La Land. You know, it's a long boat ride for a charter to do specifically. But oh yeah, I mean that's process of elimination. They're not inside here. They're not over here. So that means they're mm-hmm. you know
1: out in the middle, usually in the top 50 feet. All right, let's get back to spring calls. We'll fish we can actually fish. Yep. what is your what's your spring coho program look like what's it look like when you're going to set up and go orange. It? <laughs> a lot orange a lot of orange <laughs> uh,
0: my probably my go-to rig is a double crush a six inch dream weaver double crush orange spin doctor mm-hmm. and a small fly what uh, kind of fly eight inch a dream weaver peanut fly mm-hmm. normally in the beginning and then i do the modified fly i'll use a I'll nip a full-size like atomic fly. I'll nip about an inch off that as the season progresses and the fish size increases and the bait increases. I'll modify a regular fly, chop it down. Well, I call it a modify, modified fly. But those are good. We fish a lot of uh, surface baits. The rattling thin fins are actually bomber, these bright orange red bombers up on the surface. And then we run, uh, we'll run four divers. Typically, we've got two deeper ones for Kings, but we'll run monofilament divers out to the side with, again, these spin doctors or super slims, you know, orange, orange back spoons, hot, hot colors. And then a lot of
2: sliders with super slims on our downriggers. So, how about you? Dreamweaver, six inch spinnies, Mirage Fly from Atomic. Um, yeah. Good fly. Great yeah, fly. It's a really good fly. I think uh, some Atomic Peanuts. He does a. A hammer peanut that I do really good with some super slims some stinger spoons like he said all bright colors oranges um, my diver I actually have a unique rig um, it's called the Sneaky Pete rig so I went over to Pete's house one day he said he had some Toloras and some Dakotas that he was you know getting rid of and I had bought another boat so I went over his basement and after I bought what I bought I caught my eye and I said Pete what's that and it's this beautiful eight inch Orange spin doctor that he had made in hopes of being able to catch fish on it and just did not happen for him, which happens a lot, you know. But not, not just to Pete to, yeah. to many of us think, like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be a crusher and it doesn't work. We talked about kind of that yesterday works on one boat but doesn't work sure. on the other so, boat, but, I ahead, said Pete sorry. Can, so can I get them? He goes, Yeah, just give me a hundred bucks for him. I said, Pete, fifty bucks a dreamweaver. <laughs> he was a custom. So I give him a hundred. I go out in the lake, I put it out, it's not in the water for ten minutes, it's singing. Yeah. Coho, put it back out. I, I, and I We used, had a bet, actually, yeah, that day. Yeah. First person to get first, that first first rig to, make, to go. Because yeah, now he's going to use it because I'm putting it in the water. Oh, we had a, so it's we been benched for five bet. years. I was like, <sighs> the dust came off, you know, True. a couple dead spiders <laughs> and stuff. True. And now he's going to run it. Coho, put it back out, king. Put it back out, Coho. It's been one of my best rigs out there. I continue to use it, especially when I have him near me. I like the lot because he uses binoculars a lot. He's right. always sneaky Pete, you know, yeah. peeking to see what's going on. So I make sure I have that out in the water. But it's really good on a diver with a full-size atomic live-line mirage fly. So I do the best. Um, I was curious if it would work on the east end, and it, it 100% did. It was taking kings and Coes down there, too. They like it. Um, call it Sneaky Pete. I think Fat Nancy's going to have it uh, on their shelves, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe uh, Pete will give it a try again this year.
0: A true story. I couldn't get that rig to fire for me and uh, he scooped it up and he, he
2: he made he he made the magic happen on the dirty and I got boots, half of my money so. back that I had to pay for these overpriced attractors, yeah. but I'm it, glad I did cuz you know what? The fish I caught, the client smiled, so it was worth the hundo.
1: Great. Yeah. That, that's what I wanted to ask you is like what is that how does that program change down in the East end late in the year compared to what you're doing out of Wilson?
2: Normal years, we get to fish the cohos with some, we call them rock stars. It's a stinger chip, it's red. We'll run a green crinkle, mirage fly behind that, uh, hammer fly, stud fly, really depends what that coho wants that day. Um, But we use a lot of red chips down there. Lately, our temperatures have been so deep with the weather we've had that we're fishing, and this is gonna sound crazy, 11 inch chips, um, stinger chips, and flies, 36 inch leads from Atomic, 120, wherever the temp is, most of the last couple of years, our co has been 120, 130 feet down, three feet off the ball. And they are down there stacked. And when you go through, rigor, 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 and you get them on coppers. What kind of speed? So 24, 25, okay. just with flies. Aggressive, kind of an aggressive. Yeah. Presentation. Well, it's an 11 inch chip, three feet off the ball. It, she's spinning. and, yeah, and it, it's, it, aggressive. Yeah, it, it's aggressive. Yeah, it, it's aggressive. They like it. You know, they like it. It's, it's wild. Um, we
0: wouldn't know because we don't have very many co-hosts at our end of the lake.
2: But I, I invite think. Pete down. Here's your invitation. Live, Pete, if you'd like to come down and fish the east end of Lake Ontario, yeah. I'll even I'll give you a down. place to stay. I'll come down. You know, bring your ones. kids. I'll come down. Good father-son trip, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a question I have for, for you guys, and mostly for you, but maybe you, you can answer this too. So in the spring, when you're fishing in, in Wilson, those fish are all over the water column. You got surface flies out, you got stuff down deep, and now you're telling me at the end of the year they're way down at the bottom.
2: They're temperature related, so they still like temperature even before they go to spawn up the river. Um, when our temperature gets pushed in, something like last year, we were catching our kings in 45, 50 feet of water and 60 degree water. If you wanted to catch the cohos, you slid out to 70 feet of water and you found 56, 55 degree water, and your cohos were there piled up. But with the east end of that lake if we get any type of west blow our temperature starts to go deeper and deeper and deeper and last year by the time the fish showed up we had maybe eight days where we could target them in that 80 foot range and less and the next thing you know a wind came three days half of them went up the river and our temp was 140 feet down and it makes you know it's tough to fish them like that it really is you know i uh you can get them
1: you know. So we've had a really warm winter. Uh, there's really no ice on Lake Erie. How do you guys think that's going to affect that Wilson bite this spring? I'm
0: excited. Advanced uh, fish probably will be spread out right out of the gate. Like you might have, might have kings all the way at the east end of the lake. You might have them from really from Canada to maybe Oswego uh, out of the gate and which which isn't a bad thing it's really spreads the pressure on them they don't get beat up as much they get really beat up at the west end of lake ontario in the spring you know a lot of a lot of casualties oh yeah, yeah. so when they're spread out um the mortality of the fish isn't as drastic more people have a shot at them early you know instead of these guys on the east end beating brown trout up or Jones in for lakers you know bam they got kings to
2: catch for their customers which, which is it's good. always a cool surprise you know you're going along and you're catching browns and you're fighting. I mean there's some good fights to the Browns. You're using 10 pound tests, you know. I and a nine foot medium light rod. And next thing you know, it takes off and it's not a normal fight and it dumps 400 feet of line pretty quick. You know, it's a it's a fun time, it's a fun fun thing to see on the boats.
0: Generally the fish are gonna be bigger. You're gonna see that their bellies are more like uh Rick's mid more like Rick and Jackie's belly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I got a piece. We might pay for that one later, but it's, that's looks, right. That's right. He's married now. But no. uh, you know, no. they're, they're they're eating. Their the barrels are fuller. Usually, traditional winters we start catching beginning of May. They're they're like lean. I'm like you don't even find bait in these fish yet. They're very skinny fish, lean. They're healthy, but they're just coming out of that deep water. And they're not acclimated to gorging on alewice. So when they come out early, you know they're, they're starting the whole thing early. Whether it's emeralds or mostly alewice, everything's advanced. Smell fish are bigger, the coves will be bigger. Um, the fish are spread out further. Um, we might be fishing three or 400 foot of water in May, early May versus 60 to 120, right out of the gate. Um, so that's one thing about fishing. You just, you never know what's gonna happen and how weather, uh, weather wind, temperatures affected is have us all thinking. But we'll know pretty soon. So will spread out the fish, spread out the pressure, too.
2: I think the bait's, the, the bait's happy this year. It didn't have a hard winter, so you're going to see some healthy and, bait.
0: And then we'll go back to the cohos a little. So, so, you know, fishing out of Wilson is tr- generally pretty doggone good, but not always. No, it can You be know, we, we have to grind. So back to the coho program, guys who are more adverse at catching more than just kings, right? They, they run a dual program. Uh, you know they help fill their cooler you know generate bites for their clients which co are a quality fish that's where guys just are going to grind kings all day might come in with four or five or six kings right we're going to get our 12 fish you know six might be king six might be co but we're going to get our fish we're going to provide a good bite for our clients because we're going to we're going to tune up the cohos we're going to take what i say take what the lake gives you uh if, if it's not practical to go out and try and catch 12 kings which it isn't always we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna take what the lake gives us, and if it's a nice box, mixed box of kings and co-hosts, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. you know, bend the rods, bend the rods. You know, people do not come for a boat rides. Put they smiles can't catch on fish. the people's face. Yep. No one likes a boat ride unless you're a sailboater.
1: Well, Pete, I appreciate you coming on real quick. And the other night doing the, the co host thing too was awesome having you do that for us too. It was sure. fun. It was fun. Uh, I like having you guys on and getting an opportunity to, to let the captains ask some questions too. It's it's great. I think it's great for the viewers and listeners. Casey, I'll let you throw one more. Yeah, We've got a guy quick. here. You know, the forage base for, for Russell isn't quite what it is for the rest of us. Sure.
2: Oh, well, we'll I can tell you a little bit second. what's going on there, too. But... I mean,
1: look, look, Russell's
0: pretty skinny. You yeah. can tell the forage base is light coming from the west. So I I mean, look look your... at Russell. He's a good yeah. example. Yeah.
2: The guy's pretty lean. Yeah, here. it's cold in Wisconsin. <laughs> not, not a good he looks bait. like
0: a spring king coming out, yeah.
2: of, uh, Her... coming yeah. out of late April. Right. Here's what we got, Pete. I got to ask you. I, I did fish <laughs> on your boat one time. You allowed me to be a, a co-captain mate, and that was a great time. Yeah. And, I noticed one thing. Did you ever lay a rod on the, the deck of the boat? Voodoo. You don't lay rods. Well, that's what we have rod holders for. Oh.
0: oh. Or a customer to hold a rod. Yep. We don't lay them on the boat. Because you wouldn't it, lay
2: it on the Well, lay a, it
0: like down. A, it's like an OSHA safety hat. That's the roofing part of me coming out. Oh, oh it's yeah, a, that could be. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a trip hazard. Right. A customer could trip over it and do a face plant, or I, I could. Right. Right into the rigger. Uh, it could step on a rod and break, you know, $150 to lower rod, which right. is, is a no-no. It's actually a minus for that day's profits for a tractor. Yeah, you're going
2: to lose on that one. So, no, rule
0: of thumb is the rods, when you're, you're done with the anglers done,
2: you put the rod, stick it in the rod holder and capture the rod. I was just curious. And, you know, in Wisconsin, they don't have rod holders. Or they don't use them like Free for all? Well, you know, Russell's on my boat, and first fish we catch, he takes the rod, poof, right on the back of the gunnel. I'm looking at it and I'm not saying because he did his first two weeks at CFA Wisconsin. And it's back two rods, goal. two rods crisscrossed, a net on the floor across them. Did did you text them or message him? Oh email? my God, I blew him up on okay. Facebook. Right. Yeah. Well, qualified good, anger like, good him, I mean, co- as good, good a fisherman he is, you imagine how better it'd be if he didn't have rods breaking all the time because they got snapped or even stepped on? Good coaches need to correct their, their
0: students and their, you know the athletes. I'm bringing They're, them back, yeah, back this them year
2: and I'm going to correct them. All right. Yeah. If you well, see it, though, I want you to correct them too, as a friend. I just want to say, you know, one last thing, Chris. Before I know
0: we're gonna hold him up, since it's like, it's like it's public, it's videotaped. If he comes in with a broken rod in your boat, does he have to pay for it? Oh, for sure.
2: Hell yeah, definitely. What? I, yes. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Him and his mate. I'm taking it right out of their pay. Chris, that's doc, that's doc. doc you, you can in. take that to the bank, Chris. We, we will put it out yeah. there for the whole world to know. Yep. And I'm telling you what, I'm going to tell my clients I'm going to give them $50 off the trip if they ever see a rod with a pitcher laying down. <laughs> don't, <laughs> so Don't forget you know? uh, submit your resume to Doug at
0: Fisher today. Tell Rob the bad news
2: if it, ha- if it Rob happens. Rob wouldn't be mad about it. Okay. He wants to see everything be happy. He's, right. he's, he, you know what? It's enough business for everybody. And that's his motto. You're fun. You're fun too, buddy. We'll see you. All, All right. right. Thanks. month and a half. Yep, Chris, I'll see, see
1: you later. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.